How's it going, everybody? This is your host, Frank Spacuza, of the one and only Talking Buckets, where for the next 20 minutes of your night, we're going to talk buckets, buckets, and nothing but buckets. NBA basketball is back. How about that? And, and I know it's been back for a while now, but, you know, since the panel, <laughs> uh, and absolutely since, uh, you know, since Christmas has ended and the holidays have concluded, uh, we, we have... We have NBA basketball back, folks. Seriously, the betting is back. The, the 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 real buckets is back instead of just prediction buckets. We have real buckets to talk about. Now, just a quick few few quick announcements of the channel uh, and the podcast itself. Really, uh, expect more people on the show in, in the coming episodes. The panel went very well, in my opinion. So I would have to say. Please expect more people to come on in the future via Zoom or potentially here live on the microphone. Uh, it, it went really swell to have other people guiding the conversation. Granted, since we haven't had that since you know episode one way back then uh, with our good buddy Mark Streeby. But let's kick it off with some league news, right? Let, let's, let's take a look at the, the, the biggest thing to start off the NBA season happening earlier today. Spencer Dinwiddie, you know, bench guard for the Brooklyn Nets, you know, fantastic, uh, a six-man of the year candidate last year, partially tore his ACL. How about that? In my opinion, will that be a gut punch to the Brooklyn Nets? Will it be a, you know, a heart-wrenching loss? No, it will not be. Last year, if this had happened last year, yes, it would be. It absolutely would have been. It would have been detrimental to the Nets as a team, since Dinwiddie played a much larger part in the team last year than he did this year, or than he has this year, and so, I mean, mean, with Durant back and Kyrie fully healthy, I see no need for Dinwiddie, honestly, Uh, and obviously, he's a fantastic relief guard, one of the best in the game, but honestly, with the amount of scoring they have, with the amount of potential the Nets have this season, I don't really see this as much of a loss. And they also have plenty of time to pick up a new man, to make some trades. The Brooklyn Nets will recover. But as I was saying, with NBA basketball being back, we have to make our our first, you know, our, our first insights. You know, it feels like forever. I mean, when's the last time we made our first insights? Back when the bubble started. How about that? Doesn't that feel like yesterday? When the bubble started? Jeez. But seriously, let's talk best teams out of the gate. Let, let's make a couple predictions. Let's make some hot takes. Let's get started. So, Frank, who do you think the best team out of the gate is starting the NBA season, the 2021 season? It's a tie for first, ladies and gentlemen. It is a tie for first, and you're not going to like who I pick. I'm going to say that right now. You're not going to like who I pick. Why? Because it's not the Clippers. Oh, shocker. After they just got buried by you know by 50 points by Dallas. <laughs> and it's not the Lakers. Yeah. It's not the championship winning Los Angeles Lakers. Or Milwaukee. It's neither of those three. It's not Denver. It's the Brooklyn Nets, which was, you know, you could probably predict that. But here's the showstopper. Here's the hot take. Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics, ladies and gentlemen, tie for first with the Brooklyn Nets as the best team out of the gate. And you're probably wondering, 
Frank, are you genuinely delusional? They are ranked number seven. It, that does not matter. That does not matter. They had to play three of the most elite teams currently in the East. They had to play the Pacers, the Bucks, and the Nets. So they have some easier teams like Detroit coming up in their schedule. So that, that that's my quick explanation. Nets, I don't think there's much of an explanation needed. Uh, further evidence of this, the power rankings for week two just got released, and they were number two behind the Los Angeles Lakers. That's a given. Let's talk stats. Let's talk Let's talk number buckets, shall we? <laughs> the Nets, Durant. The infamous return of the scoring god, Kevin Durant. That boy's coming back with 26.7 points. Sheesh. Talk about a legend returning to the game. Also coming off of, you know, four and a half rebounds and three assists. Those are already all-star numbers, and this is just the season, you know, we've only seen the first three games. Granted, they're playing the Grizzlies as I speak, so we'll see how that goes, but taking it to the point guard position, Kyrie Irvin, who I believe is the best point guard, let me finish, the best point guard out of the gate. In the NBA, no, but he's up there, probably a top five guard in the league currently, but out of the gate... Stats don't lie, baby. 29.3 points, 4 rebs, and 6 assists. Immediately all-star numbers. Immediate all-star starters. Now, what we've talked about a lot on this podcast is what makes the Nets go. What is their driving force? What is the crux of the Brooklyn Nets? Scoring, no doubt in my mind, it is the scoring ability, scoring creativity, and overall talent of the dynamic duo. Kevin Durant, and Kyrie Irving. But you can't just have scoring to win a championship. You know, you really can't. Obviously, if, if you assemble a super team like the Dub City, Golden State Warriors, the Splash Brothers, plus Durant, <laughs> th- that's a different story. Super teams, so, so we're going to exclude super teams from the conversation, shall we? Scoring does not win championships alone, excluding super teams, right? Because the Brooklyn Nets are not a super team. They're a fantastic duo. You have to have something else. You have to have another element. Now, there are a few options for a scoring team to make it to a championship. You can either have defense. You can either have fantastic scoring and defense, old-school basketball, just score a lot and block a lot. Or you can have something that, that's not, not talked about by any, you know, Adrian Wojnarowski, you know, Mark Pro- any any reporters, rebounds and possession time. Let me expand on this. Rebounds and possession time. Let's take a look at, you know, as, as I mentioned before, the crux of the Nets basketball organization as a whole. They're driven by scoring. What is scoring? That is putting the basketball in the hoop, in the net, right? <laughs> now, by any means necessary. So in order to get this, what are some of your building blocks? Well, for starters, you have to have good scores, which we've already been over. We have two of the, you know, one of the best scorers of all time, Kevin Durant, and an outstanding point guard, Kyrie Irving, as well as a fantastic supporting cast. Now, that's all you need on the scoring front. You, you can't do a whole lot better than that. So what do we have for rebounds? You know, what, what are we talking about possession time here? As I, as I was mentioning before, the building blocks of a scoring team. Well, you have to have your people to put it in the, in the net, right? You also have to have something called possession time. What does this mean? Possession time is how much time required 
or how much time on a possession. Now, interesting, an interesting fact here. Brooklyn is number one in that. Number one. Number one. They average 12.7 seconds per possession. How about that? Now, that can either go one of two ways. If you spend a lot of, you know, short amount of time and you're not scoring and you're just putting up bricks, that's scary. That's not good. But it can also go a much better way. What is that way? That is, you need less amounts of time to score, which they've clearly proven. Shooting 42.3% from three and 47.2 from the field and only requiring 12 and a half seconds to do it, that's called a phenomenal team. I understand I'm speaking too much math here. I'm talking too much statistics. But we also have to, you know, we also have to factor in the rebounds point of it, right? The rebounds and the scores, the supporting, you know, one of the members of the supporting cast, Jared Allen, you know, still a young center, has less than five years in the NBA and already averaging, you know, two blocks, you know, last season. He had two blocks last season, outstanding defensive player, 10 points and eight rebounds and an assist. Eight rebounds. That's fantastic. That's all, you know, that there's no real need for, for too much improvement there, right? It may be fantastic if he made his way up into double digits for rebounds, but eight is great. <laughs> Moving right along, DeAndre Jordan, right? He's, you know, approaching his 14th year. He has, he's averaging three points, two assists, a block. So we're already seeing it. outstanding defense there. But 10 rebounds. 10 rebounds, 10 plus 8, you know, you got 18 rebounds average between the two of them. Now, another thing we have to look at is that these stats are just from the gathered, you know, the gathered last few games that they've played, the 2021 season. You know, starting off against the Warriors. Granted, that was an easy victory, in my opinion. But, you know, still harder for Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan facing against James Wiseman, right? So there's a difficult player to face off against. Then, you know, their blowout win against the Celtics. Keep in mind, all of these wins are blowouts. Kind of interesting. Now, they did lose to the Hornets. So, we all, you know, these are still average stats with two wins and a loss. Which clearly shows that they've been up and they've been down. Up more than down, but we're still only looking at three games here, folks. So, what are we seeing from the Brooklyn Nets? We are seeing an unstoppable scoring engine of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. We're also seeing outstanding shooting that I mentioned 47% from the field and 42 from three. Fantastic shooting. While also having incredible rebounds, right? They're incredible rebounders while also having the least amount of possession time. Think about that. Outstanding scorers that are having the amount of time, you know, they're getting their rebounds so they can have more time on offense, which is what that means more, you know, that that's just more scoring for them. You know, putting outstanding scorers on, you know, giving them more rebounds that naturally requires less time on offense. Switching up the arguments, let's talk Celtics. Let's talk Celtics. Let's do a little bit of explaining, shall we? I mean, seriously, Frank selecting the number 7 ranked team out of the gate, you know, they're 1 and 2. Let's talk why. Let's talk why. What 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 is what is making me choose the Celtics so bad? First of all, I watch their games. They are passing, the ball is moving, and it's scoring off of every single player. Not just Tatum, not just Brown. But Brown, 
in the first place, though, has had an outstanding start to their season. I mean, seriously, it's been a breakout start. He's shooting 53% in the last few, few games. Wow, talk about, you know, talk about a breakout start. Against the Pacers, he had dropped 18. Against the Nets, he dropped 27. And against, you know, elite defensive team, Milwaukee, man scored 33. Sheesh, right? Now, you know, let me explain the Celtics. The Celtics win against the Milwaukee Bucks. Now, some might say, oh, they only won because of, you know, Tatum's bank shot at the end. Not true. Not true. Look at the final score of the game, ladies and gentlemen. Seriously, take a look at it. They, they won 122 to 121. Also, props to the Bucks. Look at them. You know, made it to the fourth in power rankings while being one and two. <laughs> um, but seriously, 122 against elite, you know, former defensive player of the year, Giannis Antetokounmpo, all-defensive Brooke Lopez, and two times all-defensive Drew Holiday. Now, to pull off a win against a defensive team like that, but it's not even just the win, it's the dropping of 122 points on the Bucks' noggins. How do, you, how do you pull that off? You pull that off with a supporting cast. This is one of the reasons why I selected the Celtics, just because it wasn't because of the outstanding start for Jalen Brown. Obviously, that was a major contribution, and Jason Tatum being Jason Tatum. But let's take a look at their supporting cast. The three T's, the, the Teague, the Tice, and the Thompson. This has been an outstanding supporting cast for the Celtics, especially in the game against Milwaukee, which I believe should have been the Bucks game. But let's take a look at these stats. An explanation for the loss against the Nets. First of all, the Nets are an outstanding team, uh, defensive as well, with Jared Allen and DeAndre Jordan, really doing it all for rebounds and defense. But Teague stats against Brooklyn, zero buckets, one rebound, two assists. Against Milwaukee, 19 points, two steals, a block, four assists, and three rebounds. That tells you that, the, who's this man's Jeff Teague? Just got traded from the Wolves. He's a no-name player, yet he's still able to drop bombs on an outstanding team like the Bucks. What does that mean? What does that mean? It means that the chemistry, the passing, and the overall coaching format of the team Let's keep it plain and simple. It works. It works, and it's working well. And I have no doubt in my mind that they're going to win the next several games in their lineup since they just had to play the Pacers, the Nets, and the Bucks. Very difficult teams to play against. Granted, they have you know some easier games in the lineup coming up, so that should work well for them. But seriously, then moving on to Tease, dropping two buckets, five rebounds, three assists against Brooklyn, but then suddenly against Milwaukee, 10 points, 3 assists, 3 rebounds. Again, that's simply their model plan working the way as it should be. Tristan Thompson against Brooklyn, 8 points, 0 assists, 8 rebounds. Then all of a sudden against Milwaukee, 12 points, 1 assist, and 8 rebounds. I understand I'm speaking sheerly statistical here, but when you have a team, first of all, I understand I mentioned it before, but outstanding move to sign Tatum for the max he's been playing he's been playing his socks off <laughs> to keep it to keep it PG second of all depth works right because because here's the old school here's the old school way of basketball thinking put a superstar on a team put them with another superstar too depending on how good they are and you win games you have good coaching you have decent bench players you win and that's been pretty pretty accurate. 
Now, I'm not going to go on to a rant about the Miami Heat, but they took it to the finals. And they, they played quite well against the Los Angeles Lakers. Who's their leading, who's their, who's their star? Jimmy Butler. Not even a top 10 player in the league, in my opinion. Top 20? Sure. But is he an all-star? No, he was not an all-star. Who's their other dude? Bam Abadayo. You know, in my opinion, yeah, he's, he's an all-star warranted player. You know, Jimmy Butler and Bam Abadayo are all-star reserves. You know, they're, they're misfits. They're not, they're not meant to be leading a team. But there they were. Taking Kelly Olynyk. you know, what's his name? Gorgon Dragic. You know, they're taking these dudes to the finals. Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, who in my opinion is mentally overrated. I mean, seriously, plenty of delusional fans. And I, I knew I said I wasn't going to go on a rant, but these Tyler Hero fans, they would not trade prime Michael Jordan for Tyler Hero. Well, that ends that rant. But we've seen this model work before. And we are seeing it reloaded. We are seeing it replace. So take the Miami Heat, replace Jimmy Butler with Jason Tatum, right? Replace Bam Abadayo with, you know, Jalen Brown. That's more points. That's more assists. And also keep in mind, the Celtics are missing something. Who is that? Their all-star starter, Kemba Walker, is not playing. You guys need to realize this. He's not playing. He's not. In he's injured. He's literally injured. Their all-star, their best player on their team, arguably, arguably, is gone. And they still managed to put up 120 points against the Milwaukee Bucks. Kind of interesting. Will we see them take it to the finals? What am I thinking? I tell you, folks, it's up in the air. The three best teams in the East right now, in my opinion, number one, you have the Nets. Number two, you have the Bucks, and number three, you have the Celtics. Might be a little scuffed, and it's probably too early to talk about that, but that's my list. You're probably, you know, if anyone's asking, where's Philly in that list? They played easy teams. They played the Cavaliers. I'm not, you know, I'm not too worried about Philly. They'll turn out fine. But in summary of the Knicks and the Celtics, you know, just to, just to summarize my final opinion, you know, real quick on the on the, the Nets, it's not so much about where they are currently, it's about where they're going to go. Sure, they started off right with 2-1, and one, and we'll see how they do against the Grizzlies tonight, but it's about where they're going to go. And I tell you, their model is going to work of take a little bit of time to score, take more time on offense because of our rebounds, and also fantastic defensive players. Uh, that, that That's going to win games. That's going to win games and potentially win a ring. Who can say? The Celtics, let's go over their model. Their model is, hey, we have three superstars. One of them is injured, but we still have an incredible, incredibly underrated, shall I, dare I say, underrated team here in Boston, right? Their model is to take that to the finals. Do I think it'll happen? Who knows? But there is no doubt that we will be seeing either teams, Boston or Brooklyn, in the Eastern Conference Finals. That does it for my opinions tonight. Hope I didn't ruffle too many feathers with my Tyler Hero takes. <laughs> I know there, there, there are probably a few very upset people, but you win some, you lose some, folks, right? As always, if you enjoyed, please be sure to like and follow. Please be sure to leave a comment if anything was interesting, hilarious, or anything in between. And as always, have a great night, everybody.